You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host... And hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us here for another edition of Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest is dedicated to building efficient intelligence solutions that harness the power of data in today's multidimensional marketplace. This company's expertise lends itself across multiple programming languages and specializes in machine learning, big data, content personalization, and real-time decisioning engines. Decisioning engines. Make sure I said that right. I'm here with the co-founder of Surfside, John Lowen. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, for those that are not in the know, but you should be in the know, Surfside is a customer acquisition platform that specializes in activating and expanding first-party data for marketing, insights, and measurement. Now, Surfside is currently focused in the cannabis industry, but you're working across verticals to help businesses understand retain and acquire new customers. Expand to me on what your process is. Yeah, so, you know, previously, there's so many different ways that you can go about kind of identifying a customer. And so what we wanted to build was a solution that not only um, helped people understand their current customers, but what can they utilize from that information, from their what they know about these current customers to basically go out and find new customers. So rather than kind of using demographics or things that you assume you know about your customer or what your customer wants, we're using real data based on purchases, location signals, all these different really good indicators or deterministic indicators of intent to be able to build out audiences and insights so that we can target your current and future customers more accurately. Also synced. Now, there's a couple of things that are data points is what Surfside does. They connect directly to your existing data sources. Data sync for your sources is automatically enriched with demographic, financial, property, and psychographic records. Then also you adjust your scale based on desired confidence intervals and build lookalikes, cohorts, and custom audiences to continue growing your business. You also then offer research and insights that are only valuable if you can turn that data into results. Take me through this whole process real quick and let people have an understanding of how this all works and how you make it happen. Yeah, so 
At the baseline of everything we do is we tr we understand all consumers. And so the ability to understand where people live, where they work, uh, what, what locations they like to visit, you know, age, demographic, ethnicity, um, other real world purchases, you know, through different data sets that we're able to ingest. But ultimately what we do is we try to associate all these different events or these actions to a single touch point of that, a single view of this consumer so that uh, all these different attributes get associated to this consumer across all the different devices that they have. And so where our ability to not only create that single view of the consumer, but also have actionable kind of marketing IDs associated to each one of them is valuable so that not only are you going to be able to understand, you know, the research and what type of person or type of audience that you're reaching, um, but also be able to activate them for marketing purposes. So um, when you take that, that as the underlying basis, that consumer intelligence component, you then can start layering on really unique attributes. And in the cannabis space, we've gone out and we partnered with a number of different data providers, a number of different brands, you know, retailers, different technologies, so that we're getting really unique purchase data and behavioral data about the cannabis consumers on THC and CBD. So once you start to get those very uh, like specific purchase data points or visitation data, um, what, what content they're reading, what type of brands they're looking at or adding to cart or purchasing, uh, and you know it's by product type or category or um, the different you know brands or different forms of um, desired outcomes they're looking to achieve or symptoms they're looking to solve for. So we marry all that data to what we know about the consumer outside of their cannabis purchases. And what this allows us to do is then say, if I know so, what these current cannabis consumers look like and these 3,000 plus different attributes we've associated to them, then I can go out and more accurately find the next consumer who's likely to purchase. And so if I've matched 2,500 out of 3,000 attributes of a consumer, we know that this guy or this girl is more likely to purchase than someone who's only matched 500 of the 3000 attributes. And so our ability to kind of rank and prioritize different uh, individuals based on their likelihood to uh, convert or uh, produce certain actions as it relates to a campaign or a business's KPIs is ultimately how we rank and profile or build out audiences for the specific clients that we work with. Okay, so I wanna get into an in-depth conversation with you after we take a break. I'm gonna take a little early break than usual because there's a whole lot to unpack when it comes to advertising and branding because reading from your work and you know I have the courtesy of when I have some of those publications that do the work for me to prepare for these programs you just have them be interviewed by Forbes magazine so I get a chance to take some advice that you gave to readers of the magazine about cannabis and CBD advertising and marketing and then I want to talk about branding but I want to bring all that up so all of you stick around please join me for more my conversation here with John Lowen, co-founder of Surfside here on Blunt Business, after this short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with John Lowen. He is the co-founder of Surfside, uh, co-founder along with Michael Blanche. And John, again, thanks for being here with us. Now, I want to... Where do I want to go to first? I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm, where do I want to go right here? I'm going to start with the Forbes article. And this is actually much newer than I had of, of the other materials I had. But we've had this you know, ready for a while. It's just a matter of getting everybody together to record. And I want to thank Lucas from, uh, uh, from your team that, that was there to help me out to get this interview making it happen. Well, first of all, you work with cannabis companies on their marketing, branding, and advertising projects. And you've worked through... Cannabis, CBD, and ancillary products, marketing restrictions varying from state to state, and you offered best approaches to marketing and advertising in the industry. Now, one of the things people are having an issue is the issues regarding being able to promote through social media, because how Facebook and Google restrict that type of advertising. And the main restrictions face on platforms that do not accept cannabis and adjacent ads related to targeting and creative, and that companies try to advertise non-plant touching or hemp-derived CBD grouped under the same restrictions as plant-touching cannabis companies. 
educating the gatekeepers on new laws like the 2018 Farm Bill that legalized help, hemp and preservatives can help. Now, I know there are some hemp manufacturers that are trying to get together with the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, trying to approach Facebook, I know, and I know Google's getting the same kind of attention on trying to advertise, but is there any workaround at this point through social media that could be found for those out there that are looking to not have to go the paid search route? Um, we So we, where we focus is, you know, very much on understanding the consumer and the audience. And so um, at that, at that level, you know, our ability to create audiences that you could then utilize in Facebook or on Instagram or other different, you know, media platforms, um, it's, it's not limited. And so the only limitation is within the restrictions of those platforms themselves. And so if, if they, if they do not allow CBD and they are more focused on, you're allowed to educate on the causes or you're allowed to run branding campaigns for that aren't promoting specific products. Um, we've heard of success stories, um, people who've been successful on Google and people who've had success on Facebook. Um, it's a very labor intensive and I don't think that there's necessarily a direct path that ultimately is you do X, Y, and Z, and then your ads will not be taken down. Uh, when we deliver, when we execute on media, we don't like to leave that risk as a factor in our delivery. You know, we we ensure that we have access to audiences and access to inventory. So we personally do not deliver any campaigns on those platforms. We're focused on other channels where the publishers are allowing these type of brands and allow us to reach of age consumers. So. Um, I don't have a perfect answer for you. I know oh. that there has been successes, but and I didn't no figure you could do anything path. much where you could talk about yeah. which areas you can go on it. I'm just wondering if there is a viable route to go that way, if there still is, or if it's something that should be, if it's better off just to go a different route in order to either advertise or to find other ways to reach out to consumers or other potential yeah. customers. I mean, I think that ever we don't recommend like when no one will ever recommend using one medium to reach your consumers. Your consumers are, they're watching TV, they're on their phones, they're on their tablets, their computers, um, they're, they're on the go. So like a, a great, a great program, you know, involves multiple different channels. So like we always recommend testing and seeing what works and seeing what you can get um, approved and what won't get approved, but continue to iterate and ultimately rely on the results. And so making sure that you measure everything back to that, whatever that key component or that you're trying to measure is, whether it's store traffic or set online sales or whatever it may be, make sure that you're tying it back to that number so that you are able to know, is it Facebook that's working or your SEO that's driving clicks or is it your display advertising and so on. Now, one of the things you also make mention of, it's really about the data of being able to go ahead and take the data that you get from your your customers to really understand where to go ahead and go to your next customers and branching out word of mouth or however you have to do to get yourself there. You make mention of how when companies are properly collecting data, it becomes easier to measure the success of marketing programs across all advertising channels. This approach makes it providing personalized messaging to audiences and markets more productive and makes a multiplication effect that helps boost overall efforts. So what has been most effective? I know there's quite a few companies that use SMS messaging, which might be much more easy to work off of if brick and mortar is much more the, the right going with. I mean, what what would you suggest based on the data that comes in 
when that target, that data is being brought in correctly and you're able to get some good information, now what do you do to monetize that spend so you can put it back out to go ahead and bring in more customers? Yeah, I mean, like historically, you're going to see a lot of the the brands, uh, like at the dispensary level specifically, who are deploying loyalty programs. And so reaching out via SMS, reaching out via email marketing campaigns. Um, but, you know, those are, that's for retention and driving large basket size for your existing customers. So what other solutions are out there to find new customers outside of that? And so if they're not opted into an email list or your SMS, uh, you can't really reach them on those platforms. So um, that's where some of these new models or these new technologies come into play that allow you to take what you know about your existing loyalty data and then be able to find out um, who is likely to become a new customer for you. And so some of what we find, like when we run those uh, kind of customer acquisition campaigns via, you know, display or video or um, rich media ads, you know, they can be on a desktop or mobile website or within a mobile application. Um, but what we find is that you're going to have more success if you're talking to the right person and personalizing or you're showing them an ad that's relevant to them. And that could be, you know, you're 1.2 miles away from the nearest dispensary or it could be, you know, struggling with a certain symptom and kind of gearing that creative towards a, a product skew or a line that either is a preference to how they like to ingest the product or uh, uh, basically an outcome they're looking to achieve. And so that it rings true to them. You know, there's people ask me all the time, they're like, are these apps or these companies listening to what we're saying? And, and they're convinced that their microphone is, is when they say a brand, that brand shows up and they're convinced that their microphone is the one that's picking up that information, which is not not necessarily going to say yes or no or go into that topic, but ultimately the personalization has gotten so good and these algorithms have got so smart that they're able to know what you're likely to want or what you're likely to be interested in. And they personalize those ads and the brands that they show you. Um, and it just like you were talking about it, it becomes much more relevant and much more apparent to you that that ad is on that page. Otherwise, you're playing a game or you're reading a website and those ads just tend to you gloss over them unless they're relevant to what you're interested at that time. I want to point listeners to an article that you also posted yourself that was on Benzinga.com. And it's labeled, and you know, do a search for it, Digital Marketing 101 for the Cannabis Industry. I thought you put some great points in here. One of the points you put in here is talking about understanding the power of lookalike audiences. You say, quote, in order to grow your business, you will need to reach people who are not yet your customers. And that's what we're trying to talk about here. How do you know who you should spend time and money on trying to reach? So you talk about the power of lookalike audiences that enabled you to identify and market the people who most closely resemble your best existing customers. And you mentioned that by attracting real-world cannabis behaviors, purchase history, dispensary visits, and marrying these attributes to larger demographic profiles, including finance, lifestyle, you can use your current customers to identify prospective customers through lookalike modeling. So take me inside of the idea of looking for that lookalike audience, trying to predict that one particular kind of customer might still be resonating to somebody else that might be like-minded or like interested. Yeah, there's so many different factors that can be utilized to build these lookalikes. You know, sometimes it's you see a um, a device or a person who travels or works with or is best friends or 
um, you know, association with other devices. And, you know, that customer or that device is a customer of a certain brand or a dispensary when the other one isn't, but, you know, they share the same, they go to the same gym or they like that they purchase the same uh, grocery products, you know, so many different attributes that we can ingest, understand uh, the type of person or type of consumer they are. And it's different attributes hold different weights. And so we utilize all of those different uh, parameters in order to understand what's likely to drive a conversion and who likely uh, would be a relevant customer based on the advertiser themselves. Uh, So when we build out the lookalikes and when you talk about kind of high value lookalikes versus uh, maybe someone who might not be as valuable to you, there's different people always have different goals. Like sometimes they're trying to bring back a lapsed customer. Sometimes they want to find, you know, they're looking at a specific segment of their audience base, which is someone who's in the store or frequently buying. So like a really high value customer is repeat and, you know, loyal. So what is it about that loyal consumer that's keeps them coming back? And what are the attributes of those consumers? Maybe that we can find similar trends amongst them that we can replicate ac- across different groups that aren't yet customers. So there's always, uh, every lookalike audience is going to have a kind of a different mix and model of what's working and what's not based on um, really what the, the original segment is itself. We are delving into some real enterprise level, high end conversation here. This is well past my pay grade, John. Let me just give you the heads up with that. <laughs> but here's another thing I want to go into because this is where I come in, and this is me just on the outside looking in. So, if we're looking at lookalike audiences, well, you can't have one person trying to go ahead and predict who those customers can be, which is where I go ahead and segue into this. Tech Zone 360 reports that artificial intelligence or AI is now being implemented in the cannabis industry through personalized consumer sales. There's a gap in the world of cannabis, namely public education. At the root of it, a huge variety of cannabis products have become available to Americans after 80 years of cannabis prohibition, many are overwhelmed with a variety of products. Now, artificial intelligence is able to use existing data from studies and peer-reviewed journals to match strains and products to a customer's specific medical needs. This means that if true, Direct marketing can take place from within the cannabis industry. Customers can be marketed, marketed, isolated, cannabinoids, edibles, strains, and tinctures. Now, Surfside, I know, is able to utilize deterministic purchase data to understand and influence by behaviors, increasing e-commerce and in-store sales. That's what you do. Now, does any of this have to do with an AI or any kind of different type of method that might go with this computer-generated? Yeah, I mean, none of none of the kind of the building of the lookalikes or kind of deciding what is going to perform the highest is really done manually. It's all you know machine learning and mm-hmm. um, based on algorithms that are set in place to kind of find the right combinations of all these different attributes. And so it's you've got different audiences. People are providing us different creatives, and they're selling different products. We're buying on different um, inventory, so different sites and different apps. And so finding that right mix is ultimately the science of how you're going to drive conversions or drive really nice results for your campaigns. And so it's it's not nothing that a, a we can do manually. It's all you know computer operated machine learning. And so it's it's definitely um, I wouldn't go ahead and say that you know we're an AI company to you know to that degree. Uh, I think it, you know AI is kind of a, 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 a word that we kind of avoid until we're like really, you know, 
focused on it and being an AI company or want to talk about AI tech. Um, you know, we don't just, we try not to throw out buzzwords just to throw out buzzwords on our behalf. We try to be as transparent and straightforward as possible and want to make something very complex, uh, simplified so people can understand how it works. And, um, there's a level of, you know, optimizations and machine learning that goes into play, especially when we're building the lookalikes and uh, bidding on this audiences. But it, all of this technology is, is definitely relevant as we start to understand uh, what audiences we create, what audiences are going to perform more intelligently or more accurately um, than others and, and kind of fine tuning the different combinations that are going to drive success for, you know, a visit or a sale. Well, I've noticed your background. I'm just going through your LinkedIn. There's a lot you've been working on within the tech industry, uh, based in there in the New York City area. So there's obviously you've had a pretty extensive digital marketing background. Before I go to break, you know I know that within our you know through the parent uh, company, the network here for Cannabis Radio, um, our bones were built in tech. We've worked in digital marketing for over almost fifteen over fifteen years now, and. For us, we see the importance of what digital marketing is towards the cannabis industry and exactly, well, not necessarily AI, but obviously machine learning is a very target subject right now that's being talked about, especially in tech, but in the cannabis industry, it obviously needs to go that way in order to get the kind of data and to be able to go and attract the more of the customers that you're looking for and to increase the amount of customers you can bring in. Talk to me about, really to our listeners, how imperative it is to have some kind of digital marketing component that there has to be someone that either within the company or having an agency that works with you with a great understanding of digital marketing. Yeah. I mean, to your, to your question about AI, like in our company, Michael is the tech lead and the, you know, the more technical one of the two of us. And so he's okay. much more fluid on machine learning and AI. Um, but to your point, you know, having, those type of people within your company is important. You know, we're starting to see more and more people coming from uh, marketing backgrounds, um, tech backgrounds from other different um, industries moving into the cannabis industry where they're more familiar with programmatic um, advertising or machine learning or the different ways that you can use AI to help with your structured or unstructured data um, to be able to kind of bring efficiencies to the business. And so, um, you know, when we first started, it very much was educating just the brands and the clients that we were speaking to that, you know, digital marketing is a capability. A lot of the times we're talking to uh, our clients or advertisers and they don't even know that it's possible. You know, they don't think that it's a capability that they have at their disposal because, you know, all they hear in the, in the media is that Facebook and Google won't allow it. But there's every other publisher that exists, you know, also accepts advertising, you know, so it's going out there and aggregating those different uh, publishers and that inventory together so that we can create the same scale that you would get from being on a Facebook or being on a Google and then having people who know the different, you know, creatives that are going to like, this comes kind of full circle to kind of the branding that you guys, we mentioned earlier, but yep. being able to have the right messaging and create the right brand and create a product and utilize the data to build a product that you know there's a desire for, that all comes into play. You know, sometimes you just get, we advertise products that are just not good products. You yeah, know, I wanna, it just, you, <laughs> I want to get into branding after the break, and I want to definitely focus on that, but I want to make this other point as well when it comes to digital marketing. Uh, so our company, when we first came in, it was around late 2013 that we were really aggressively making it into the space. 
And then we already started doing programming and content marketing for the cannabis space by 2014. 2015, Cannabis Radio is starting and up and running. And the most important thing is we know a lot of digital marketing types in the space that are definitely not just inquisitive now, but they are filing their way into the space as much as they can because there's a saturation in the tech market. That's obvious. It's, it's oversaturated. It's, just, it's bloated, if, you, if I can say. But the most important thing is niche marketing is always important. So there's always what other niches are there, and cannabis is the hotbed right now. So more and more people are coming in with that, but I also want to implore the audience, please make sure you do a thorough checkup of who comes in and says they can represent you with your digital marketing efforts because there are those that might be nefarious. I would do I would say please do a thorough checkup. Make sure you do a, a thorough background check on who you have to bring on board to help you with that. Whoever you bring on board, uh, employee-wise or agency-wise, because it's, as, as John says, very important, but it's also very important that you get the right people in so that this, what we're talking about today, can be utilized effectively. Again, I'm here with John Lowen, co-founder of Surfside here on Blunt Business, and I'll have more questions with him about branding and how cannabis is posing to perhaps be the most interesting branding challenge of our time. We'll talk about that after the break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with John Lowen, the 
co-founder of Surfside and home, uh, John. I don't know about you. I've enjoyed this conversation. I hopefully haven't put you out there because it's been it's been so high end. I think we've been talking pretty you know upper grade level here on this conversation. I think we've gotten a lot of good takeaways from this. I want to talk about a story from Adweek that recently reported that how cannabis poses perhaps the most interesting branding challenge of our time. They said this, quote, The learning curve of today's potential cannabis customer is steep. They'll depend on expert opinions and on brands that help make sense of it all. So the focus of cannabis companies has to be on the substance and science of naming, describing, and guiding toward a repeatable product. Because there's no brand without the ability to attach a name to a promise, end quote. John, how do you see the progress in branding cannabis products, and what does the data you have accumulated tell you about the importance of branding the customers? Um, so it's a it's a mix, you know, um, because obviously I've seen it firsthand as you know, as citizen of the U.S., um, right. but also from the perspective of being in the industry. Um, and it's definitely very interesting. We've got a lot of, we have a lot of customers who come to us and they instantly want to drive sales. And the problem is, is that there's a lot of customers that don't know. They don't know. It's a new brand. They might not know what the brand is. They're not familiar with the products, you know, and that could be cannabis and CBD and the effects that they may, you know, help with, and they may not help with, you know? And so there's a lot of different, there's so many different questions people have, and there's a lot of different ways that people, so many different paths to purchase is what we see. And so what we mean by that is ultimately some people will walk into a dispensary and they'll just rely on the bud tender to make the decision, you know, and that's a very common um, activity or way to purchase. But sometimes they know that they want an edible or they know that they want um, a specific product category or, you know, someone will see a billboard and they'll see a brand and they'll be like, they won't, uh, they'll just want to focus on that brand and they'll try to find out where to purchase it or what dispensary they see and they'll want to go to that dispensary. And so there's so many different entry points into the business or into the industry. Uh, and a lot of people aren't, I don't feel are putting a lot of weight into kind of top funnel education and brand awareness uh, where a lot of people are trying to focus right away on driving ROI and return on ad spend. Um, but because it's such a new industry and, and there is such a hurdle to get over for a large population of the U S and even more so globally, um, I think that there needs to be a, a level of weight that is, gets put onto the education and the information, um, that is provided to the consumers. And I think that when you look at the kind of that quote specifically, the inability to create that national brand or a national leader in the space, um, you know, it's very difficult just because every state has different rules. Uh, like even state by state packaging is different. And so you have to make a decision whether or not you go to the lowest common denominator uh, and, you know, ob you obey by, you know, the most strictest of packaging rules and you roll that out. Or do you want to have kind of different operations in every state, you know, with, with the kind of the framework that's in place, it's, it makes it very difficult to create those economies of scale that you normally would see when being able to market nationally or distribute nationally. And you can imagine when you look at the kind of packaging issues that the U.S. might have, and then there's the packaging issues that Canada has, which is even worse than anybody yeah. else. So I'm just saying, from what I've been listening to, from a lot of our friends in the North we've had here on Blunt Business, they've made it pretty clear that packaging and branding has been a real tough task now 
Uh, Adwick also makes the mention of, and this is also really important. And again, we're not going to have answers to these questions right away, but this is to be brought, you know, point of mind so that everybody's aware about it. They also state that, quote, the challenges for cannabis branding revolves around stigma, misinformation, product inconsistency, and education. For all these things, the thought process, according to this article, starts with creating a context and a language for your brand. A branding assignment starts with viewing the whole category again for the first time so that your customers will too. What do you think? Yeah, I think like you, you'll see a trend in kind of the uh, micro dosing and uh, the the dosed pens or um, different ingestibles or different forms that you are more controlled. And so I think everyone wants to be able to say, if I have this, it's the equivalent of a beer, or it's, I know I can have three beers or two glasses of wine. They want to be able to have that same consistency, you know? Um, and so education around, it's so difficult in cannabis just because there are so many different strains and there's so many different ways that you can uh, consume the product. So it's, it's a challenge, but ultimately it's what consumers are used to. So uh, that's kind of um, an interesting, it's an interesting aspect of the business as people are kind of entering the market. You know, people are, are very focused on, um, they're very, they can be very focused on their brand and very focused on the different quality of the product. But um, I don't think people are, some consumers aren't necessarily as informed about quality and you know your how you produce or grow or cultivate and they're more interested in you know what it's going to make them feel or how much they can have and so we see a lot of different data points around um the different aspects you know like from cbd as a, as a good example we see a lot of people that are are purchasing and engaging with the media component through symptoms and so they're the symptom-based advertising is very um is very popular for CBD just because it seems to be a very relevant way to interact with the consumer. They're searching for something with to help with pain or anxiety or sleep. And so then being able to then understand and control, um, understand how much you're supposed to take or what the quality of, of each product is, I think is the, is the second step of that. Absolutely true. Well, John, I really do appreciate you taking time to join us here on the program and telling us all about this because a pretty in-depth look into advertising, branding, and marketing. And with your platform, with Surfside, that is where we're looking at to make those kind of opportunities and those solutions possible. The idea that your technology unchains clients from customer, business, and advertising data silos to identify opportunity, activate new revenue. So you help out with that. And I want to have you take a minute to talk to our listeners about what Surfside can do to handle these issues we've been talking about and help them find a better way to go ahead and reach out to their customers and to continue to increase the customer load that comes to their dispensaries or to work with them in business. Yeah, I mean, it's every every brand dispensary is going to have a, a different kind of angle as they approach the business. And, you know, we help you lean into that angle. Uh, we also have our own data and our own information that, you know, if you're a new company and you don't know who your customer is now, we can help you understand or reach people that are current customers or new to market who might not have brand loyalty, you know, try to avoid people we see who are loyal to specific brands. And so with these different insights, we give you a better chance at success, you know, to the point where there are so many different brands that enter the market and, you know, there's a lot of different dispensaries as well. You know, not everyone's going to be a winner. So uh, we 
allow everyone to put their best foot forward. And, um, you know, that's all, that's all we can promise really. Fantastic. Well, it's a good start. Surfside.io is where people can go to learn more about the, about what you're doing. Again, surfside.io. Uh, John, you know, I really do appreciate you making time to talk to us about this. This is a very important subject. It might not be the, uh, the sexiest thing in the world. I mean, you know, we've talked in so many different areas, but, you know, getting high into marketing and trying to understand the numbers and trying to make the numbers work as best advantage for people out there, it's very important. And at least for this program, that's what I wanted to do. So I'm really glad to have you and the folks at Surfside to come on board and tell us more about it and give us some more perspective. John, thanks so much for being with us on the program. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure again. So make sure to go and check out surfside.io. And of course, uh, you know, take heed in some of the things that were brought up in here. There was a lot of things that were brought up today. And I think probably would be worth it to get a pen of paper. Yeah, I know. You know, use, you know, uh, pocket notes, uh, keep notes, whatever you want. Take some notes down. Go back and listen to this program again because a lot of what was said here, some good insight. It's about as good as a conference session as can, as can be. Now, thanks for joining us, listeners, for another edition of Blunt Business. Of course, you can always find shows like this here on CannabisRadio.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.